Radio Hour. I'm your host, Vince. And I'm your familiar host, Declan. How are you doing, buddy? I'm alright, man. What's new? Um, not much. Uh, I did some Christmas shopping, so depending on your outlook on the holidays, that was either good or not. It's alright. I mean... Yeah. The mall was crazy. Did you know Amazon delivers on a Sunday? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, especially if you live in a city. I got an Amazon delivery today, and I live in the middle of nowhere. It was fucked up. Like, I was like, why are you here? Go home. Well, Um, Amazon actually stopped, or they're trying to phase out delivering through, like, UPS and other carriers. Yeah. So if it's being carried by an Amazon-owned truck, it'll be seven days a week. That's nuts. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, and they're the same ones that like carry the little like tablet thing to take a picture of the delivered package to avoid theft. Really? Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen that? No. Uh, the dude showed up today, and I and he was like, "Ding!" And I was like, "Who's ringing my doorbell?" Because no one ever rings my doorbell. And, yeah, uh, they they also ring here too. Really? It's nuts. Yeah. I never like whatever. It was a Sunday, and I was sitting on my couch, and I was like, "Go away." <laughs> um. Yeah, like um, I actually have it up right now. Because the trucks here are all owned by Amazon. Like, it has a little picture of, like, my door and, like, the package right in front of it. No shit. Well, I'm not the person who ordered it, so I can't look. You know what I mean? Like, if I ordered it, I would look. Right, But I didn't, so I can't. Um, Welcome to this episode. Um, Yeah, hello. This episode, we're going to review a movie. Um, We like to do movie reviews when stuff gets hectic. Uh, With it Mm -hmm. being Christmas, people are moving around. So it's going to be more of a relaxed episode. Um, so we're going to be talking about a movie that I really enjoy called The Omega Man. Um, it's a good flick. It stars Charl- Charlton Heston. Can, can we... we have an impression, please? <laughs> ah. So, all right. Perfect. Perfect. I, I was going to wait till I say this, but we tried to record this episode once before. Um, and that's where the recent meme of Declan going, are you still recording has come from because Mm -hmm. we got six minutes in and I realized, or I, I'm sorry, we got six minutes in. My computer said no more recording today. And then we were at the, the end of like an hour and a half of a great discussion talking about life and theater and all this other great shit. And then we just had to stop (laughs) and it sucked, but um, if if you want, we can include a clip of my half of the recording of just like, oh wait, you're not recording. What the fuck? Do you, do you have that? Can you clip I that do. and just send me that? Yeah, it's right. What? No, you didn't. Did you? Well, or like, can you check? Well, that kind of sucks. When did it stop? How many minutes? Fuck blame you like i don't know what happened but no i mean it's shit happens we've lost episodes before here awesome um yeah so i'm gonna wind up doing that a lot there's a comedian i think he's a comedian he was a radio star man uh who's now on one of kevin smith's podcasts called hollywood babylon and he does a charlton heston impression and the whole thing is just Ah. And <laughs> I've done it a few times since we tried recording it, but like every time he would talk, all I would hear is him just like, ah. <laughs> um, so before we get into it, I kind of want to set the stage. Please. Um, imagine you're at home one day and you're just, you're watching TV or if you have Hulu with the commercials or you're, you're just on Twitter mindlessly running through whatever schlock the U.S. or British politics are right now, and you're just going through it, and all of a sudden you see a, an outbreak of some sort of strange virus in um, Russia or China or Pakistan or these worlds that... Not worlds. These countries that seem like they're worlds away, and only in the sense that they're worlds away because their cultures are depicted as such a different lifestyle from what we have and such a different understanding from what we have as either from for me at least as an american the way i see it america always kind of seems to itself but in everybody else's business um mm. imagine seeing that there's this, this outbreak and 
you don't think much of it. You just think, okay, it's some sort of political strife or some sort of warfare or something going on in the world that you or I or really nobody but the powers that be have any sort of control over. And you just kind of say, all right, whatever. What can I do? Time goes on. You keep hearing about it and hearing about it and hearing about it. And eventually some sort of a, of, a, of a larger conflict breaks out and you have what seems to be like a sickness, a plague, if you will kind of develop and over time there's there's pockets of people in these other countries that are developing albinism they're they're developing um an aversion to light which i think is is kind of underneath the albinism but they're Mm. they're they're being more primal it's being reduced to that um and it's like not like you have to be born with albinism these are people that are just kind of getting it uh and eventually you think, okay, well, this is happening somewhere else in the world. And then slowly there's small pockets of it in the U.S. or in your state or your country. And then it starts moving closer and closer and closer until the point where you're the last person alive. And when I say the last person alive, I mean the last person in a major city like a Los Angeles, a London, uh, a New York, a Chicago, a Toronto, uh, a Dallas, uh, Seattle, these major cities, and you're the last person there. What you once knew as an average, everyday sort of, you get up, you walk into a sea of, of nameless faces and you just kind of go about your day is now completely gone because you don't see other people. You are the last person there. And most likely, if you see another person, they have, succumb- they have succumbed to this affliction and now they are after you for your differences, for you not conforming to the way the world has changed around you. That's what the Omega Man is. That was pretty powerful. Thank you. I was thinking about that for a little while before we, we started doing this. Um, hmm. Impressive. Thank you. Um, so just before we get into anything, Char- Charlton Heston, I want to do a little bit. I want to do a little. I want to talk a little bit about him because he's such a like enigmatic figure, if I'm saying that word correctly, um, within cinema. He's a guy who he started in 1941 and he uh, he was in, in films for over 60 years he was born in 1923, started in 1941, and died in April of 2008. And if I remember correctly, I don't remember if I have it in these notes or not, but he worked all the way up until like 2002, 2004, 2005. Hmm. So this is a dude who, who found his passion and worked his entire life in it. Uh, so the IMDB kind of quick blurb about him is with, with features chiseled in stone and renowned renowned for playing a long list of historical figures, particularly in biblical epics. The tall, well-built, rugged, handsome Heston was one of Hollywood's greatest leading men and remained active uh, in front of movie cameras for over 60 years. He was in Ben-Hur, The Ten Commandments, Soil and Green, which is a favorite of mine, and Planet of the Apes. Um, and I, and I want to talk about that just because, like, when I think of, like, the classic man, what a man looks like, I think of Charlton Heston. Like a manly man. Like, not even just like a, like a manly man, but like a man who's like, ooh, a man who's like, I'm going to get up in the morning and provide for my family. Like, he's mm-hmm. he's like a very, like a classic man. Like a masculine figure. Yeah, like he's what I think of, like, and and he he there's plenty of scenes in this movie where he doesn't have a shirt on. And he's not buff. Like, he's not. Like, he has, like, a dad bod. But he is what I picture to be, like, masculinity. Like, he is what I picture to, like, puff out your chest, don't shave it, and fucking get to work. Like, he's just... I don't know why. Like, I didn't grow up watching his movies. I've seen, obviously, Planet of the Apes and Soylent Green and this. But he's just, like... He's just so, like, famous for the time, though. Yeah, like, he's, he's one of those people that, like everybody knows in some capacity because of like he's someone who maybe we're not talking about now but in another 50 60 years people will talk about him for what he did in acting Hmm. Uh, so the omega man uh, is the lone survivor dr robert neville struggles to create a cure for the plague that wiped out most of the human race while fighting the family a savage death cult formed by the zombie like infected 
to erase the past. It's a movie that was directed by Boris Siegel, Saggles, S-A-G-A-I-L, and it is written by it's written by John William Carrington, uh, and then his wife Jeanette. Joy, I'm sorry, Joyce. I'm an idiot. Joyce Carrington. Um, the movie stars Charlton Heston, Anthony Zebre, Zebre, Z E R B E, Zebra, Zebra. Really? No. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say. I thought I was saying. Okay. And Rosalind uh, Clash. It won an uh, NAACP award. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. NAACP award nominated for outstanding actress in a motion picture for for uh, Rosalind Cash. Um, she does really good. Uh, she does really well in this movie. No, yeah, she does a great job. Uh, so, <laughs> you know how I said, um, you know how I said, uh, we've, we've recorded this before. Mm-hmm. As we, as we recorded this once before, I kind of checked off the notes that we had already gone over. So I'm reading this going, why do these have little check marks? <laughs> All right. Oh my God. So let's just, I just want to talk about kind of like the ideals of the movie. Like I have my notes and I can reference them with anything, but I just, yeah. Oh, so we've, re- we reviewed, I am legend and this movie yes. is based off the same thing. So the way it kind of was, was there was a book called I am legend. And then this movie got made and it was based called off the, the book Man. called the Omega man. There's also another version of the Omega Man. Actually, hold on. Let me see if I if I have the notes. Uh, there's another version of the Omega Man somewhere else uh, that was written to a movie. But then when they made I Am Legend, they based it on the Omega Man movie, but they took the name of the book. So it's like yeah, this. It's we- all sorts of all over the place. Yeah, it's this weird inside-out amalgamation of like we're just gonna pick from all over the fucking place. Mm-hmm. All right. So the movie. Do you have anything you want to say? Um, as of yet, no. So the movie takes place in uh, Los Angeles, right? Yes. Which I think is super neat because when I think of the apocalypse, I don't necessarily think of L.A. I always think of New York first. Yeah, well, I think it's also because we're East Coasters. True. Um, early in the film, Neville sees a calendar March dated March of 1975 and then remarks that the local cinema has been offering Woodstock, the 1970 film, for the third straight year, indicating that the Omega Man uh, from 71 is set in 1977. Neville himself mentions August 5th, 1977 while recording an audio diary. So it's the 70s, right? Yeah. And, and boy, is it 70s. Yeah, and it's the best like <laughs> version of the 70s. I love how... like. They didn't have to. They didn't have to get period correct cars because they pretty much already all were. Um, yeah. And this is, I believe, this is the first time on film the idea of an empty city was portrayed. Really, I think I could be wrong when I say that, but I remember hearing that somewhere before. And there's like like the opening camera shots I love of just this empty. There's one. Oh, fuck they're up. so cool. And I, I tried to find it last time I saw the movie, but there's one fuck up where there's one guy walking somewhere. And, oh really? Yeah, and it's really funny, but I couldn't find it. I read it in the notes on the IMDb, but the shots of of an empty Los Angeles, and they have like these these huge shots of, of him driving through the city. Um, almost, I love him driving through the city. Yeah, I like, and almost, I'm glad they ended up keeping that for I Am Legend. That's what I was gonna say. How I Am yeah. Legend does it, they do it of him driving through New York. Um, but the camera angle, they almost reverse it for I Am Legend. But that opening scene of him driving, I don't know what street it is, but him driving down somewhere is is so just so well done. You know what I mean? And and yeah. the, the biggest thing that I, that I thought, not the biggest thing, but something I thought was so neat about it was um, they wanted to film in a city, but they didn't know what to do. And it turns out during the week... Or during the weekend, L.A. was dead. <laughs> so you could just yeah. go and, like, film. They would, like, maybe say, like, hey, don't come outside for, for like, an hour or something. But, like, they would just kind of film outside and crumple a paper and chuck it. But it's a movie that really just really gives you the feeling of being alone. Um, but it does And we know that you love that. Yeah, I do. <laughs> but it also does it in, like, this very, like, strange 70s cinema way. Where you're alone and you feel alone. I was alone. I acted alone. Uh, but you, but like at the same time, you get this. Um, you get this still like he's an action hero. 
Yeah, it feels it feels like he's Indiana Jones, just not in a jungle. Like post-apocalyptic you know? Indiana Jones. Yeah. 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 Because uh, he's, he's just so cool. Yeah. No, it's it's th- this is my favorite kind of movie. I recently just watched Twenty Eight Days Later. Um, which, oh, that's one I've been wanting to see. Hey, we're gonna review that one sometime. Um, but I just saw it for the first time, and it's another one of those. This is an empty city type of movie. And that's what I really like about it is 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 I like these movies that kind of give you this experience, and I like these movies that I like movies that give you anxiety. I don't like movies that that keep you scared. Like, I love the thing because the thing is just leaves you on the edge of your seat the entire time. Where mm. you could watch something like The Purge, which is a fucking ridiculous idea of a movie. I love the idea of like I would oh, like to review one of the Purge movies why? at some point because they're not particularly good, but I do like them. Do you really? Why? I don't. There's something about the premise that's just so buck wild that I kind of get drawn into the the world building. I think it's ridiculous. It's like, oh, if we were just all good for the entire year, we get yeah, we get it's murder absolutely, Christmas. it's crazy that Murder Christmas exists. So I'd like to review one of them okay, at some all right, point. All right, uh, throw it on the list. Yeah. Um, but like, it's exploring the ideas of of being alone is something that like, okay, so he. He he has his apartment, which, from what I understand, the apartment that, as of the the notes that I took, his apartment that they have set up is still intact somewhere mm. on some studio lot wherever they film this. And um, he has the whole thing set up with TVs and radios, and he's got a bust of Julius Caesar, and he plays chess with himself with with the statue of Caesar, which again, in I Am Legend, he had the mannequin set up all around the city. Um, the idea of, of you have to kind of create your own reality, you have to create your own self, you have to create your own environment, I think is super, super interesting to be explored in, in not just a movie medium, but any medium, to be honest. Um, well, like, otherwise, you go absolutely fucking crazy. Yeah. But, he, it, it, he, he he's, he's, he's going to, I'm trying to, I, I don't want to, I want to talk about the movie, but I also want to talk about the movie in more of a sense of the feeling of the movie. Yeah, you don't want to, like, walk through every plot point and then, like, give it away. Well, spoiler alert. (laughs) I forgot to say it earlier. Um, But I do want to talk about what is happening. Um, So you watch a man kind of... And, like, one of my favorite scenes is he's driving through the city erratically. And it's, like, the the first scene of the movie. And he's, like, fucking Mm. bending corners and he's, like, skirt. And he, he crashes the car. And he's like, ah, ah, there's never a cop around when you need him. <laughs> ah. And uh, he walks to a dealership and he has like this entire fake interaction where he talks I to himself. I love that conversation. Yeah. He just talks to himself about how he's like, what if I trade in my Ford? He's like, I'm not crazy yeah. on the color. And then fucking just takes the car and leaves. Like it's yeah, it's I, nuts. I, I love the idea of I have to make this good, like for myself. Like I have to fix. Yeah. He inserts his own mundane aspects of life into it. Yeah. Then like when he goes home and the the family, which is like I said earlier, this death cult of these people that are they, which I want to talk to you about. They they're trying to erase the ways of the old world, and in a flashback, they show you the news reporter saying about China and saying about Russia and Pakistan, and I mean. This movie's from 77. When was the Cold War? Um, we're still in it. Are we? I thought it was over. I thought it was, like, technically over. In 77? Uh, yeah, I think it doesn't there, end There were until, still like, echoes of Cold War. Hold on. No, we had this conversation once before. It started in, like, 40-something and didn't end till like, yesterday. Oh, it started in 45 and went to 91. So we're, oh, okay. we're neck deep in the Cold War. Yeah, so we're fucking real deep in the Cold War. I'm not sure if, if Russia had invaded... Um, I want to say Afghanistan, I think it was, I don't know, uh, or not at this point, but everything kind of came to a head in the Cold War in the 80s, as far as I thought. Mm. No, because it wasn't, because of the Contra, and then Ronald Reagan bought cocaine, and then crack cocaine was made to destroy the inner city. Yeah. Allegedly. allegedly. So, the family, they, they show, they show, um, they show the news reporter going on and on about how... Uh, there's there's these outbreaks and these bombings and whatnot, and eventually you you see Charlton Heston at his at his apartment trying to play chess, and 
he's kind of winding down for the day. I believe he puts a record on. He's kind of just relaxing mm. and walking around. And out of nowhere, he kind of realizes, he goes, oh, it's Sunday. He goes, I always eat meat on a Sunday or something. He, he No, he dresses up. Oh, for he dresses up. On, he dresses yeah. up for dinner on a Sunday. And I, I'll tell you why meat why i remember that and he like leaves and they show the family and they're they're outside of his massive fucking four-story brownstone um, yeah like like with an what? elevator like i'll never get over these big ass houses and yes he was a government scientist and he did develop the cure they show in a scene that he develops the cure and he takes off in a helicopter and the helicopter crashes because the guy who's the pilot gets sick and i think he gives himself the cure and he was trying to use yeah, his blood he administers the cure to himself which are right, cool, but like that part of the movie, I've I've seen the movie a couple times now, and I remember always being like, "Wait, that happens!" Like every mm-hmm. time, um, they really glance over that. Yeah, so he winds up he winds up having this um, having this 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 meal that he wants to have, um, and he goes to the refrigerator and he pulls out sausage. Mm-hmm. Where the fuck? Where are you, you getting get sausage? That? Three years after the apocalypse, you're going to tell me there's just fucking... I mean, I guess if it's smoked meat, it's one thing, but still. Or, like, cured, yeah. Yeah, but, like, but like three years, homeboy? Really? Yeah. I doubt... Pre- I'm pressing X on that one. Pressing X? Yeah. Oh, like, fucking... L.A. Noir. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking press F to pay respects. Um, <laughs> you ever play L.A. Noir? Yeah. I have it on Switch. It's actually really fun. Really? I haven't finished it. I just I go in and play a level every once in a while just to like, just to try it out. Like, it's, like yeah, it. it's all right. Um, so they show the family, and the family is either in some apartment or they're in some sort of hotel or museum or something, and they're destroying art. And Charlton Heston makes a, a remark about it. He's like, "Oh, what are you gonna do? Plunder a plunder a museum? Plunder a library? Like, what are you gonna? What are you destroying tonight?" And I wanted to talk to you about how do you feel about the destruction of the ways of the old world? I mm, I don't like it. It makes me every time I see one of them destroy like a painting mm-hmm. later in the movie, it makes my heart break. Why? Um, I don't know. I just really there's something I feel like that's so sacred about like a piece of art, not necessarily that like the physicality of it, but like that there's meaning behind each piece and it's like a unique indicator of what someone was going through or of the times. I just think that like, it just feels wrong to destroy it. Okay. Um, I agree with you. I agree with you in a sense. Uh, I kind of see it in a, an apocalyptic sense. Um, like if you think about it, the physicality of like a painting is canvas and oil and wood. Yeah. But it means so much more than that, the way that it's put together. The way I kind of see it is books are more important than art in that sense. Because most likely an encyclopedia or something like that might have um, pictures of it. Like more intellectual value. Because you can read about history where you can look at mm-hmm. a painting and feel something. But like, what context are you going to get at it from the old world if you didn't live there? That's why I think a lot of like Renaissance paintings are lost on me. Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, I didn't grow up in this. Like, I didn't grow up where, like, you were lucky to hit 25. Right, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I know what antibiotics are. <laughs> so, like... These people didn't have Twitter. No, yeah. <laughs> These people, if you if you just wanted to scream out into nothingness, they put you uh, in a building where they beat you with socks or cut out a part of your brain. Like, mm-hmm. um... Speaking of cutting out part of your brain, uh, do you listen to Lore, the podcast? It's just called Lore? Yeah. No. It's about, like, just things that have happened in history that are interesting. Mm -hmm. And they took it and they made a season of it on Amazon Prime where they do, like, animations and have, like, live action, like, in between it. And there's one about, like, the scientist that pioneered the cutting out part of your brain to, like, treat seizures and stuff. Really? It's really cool and a little bit dark. There's a... I don't know what scientist it is. And it might just be from a movie that I'm remembering this, but... The guy was so fond of lobotomies, like, he just fucking thought they were, ama- like, the perfect thing to cure people, that he yeah. would do them in his in his office on his lunch break. And all yeah, he would th- do, it's the same, same guy. Okay, this is a real thing, mm-hmm. it's not from a movie? I thought it was from, like, yeah. One Floor of the Cuckoo's Nest. Alright. He would, like, shove a fucking piece of metal in their brain and go, like, tick, 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 and it would just lobotomize people. Yep. Isn't that nuts? And he did, like, thousands Crazy. of them. Yeah, and it, like, happens through the eye. Ooh, ooh, really? Mm-hmm. Ooh, I... T- 
No. Ooh, gross. Fuck. Ugh. Yep. I, I saw a, a clip on Mad TV back in the day when I was a kid of eye surgery, and I've never fucking been the same. That's the day I became a man. <laughs> Good uh, to know that you're scarred. Uh, uh, We're uncovering uh, your your hidden childhood trauma together. Oh my god. I'm gonna cry. Alright, so... Just stick something right in there. <laughs> every time I hear lobotomy, all I think is, Lobotomite! <laughs> mm-hmm. um, From Big Mountain. Yeah. yeah. Uh, lobotomite. What the fuck was I going to say now? Alright, so the family has this internal conflict where, because... And this is what another part of it that I want to know I want to know uh, from your end. Because this is a world that is now long gone, um, science, math, art, all this shit doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and recently I had a conversation with someone and they said to me, like, and I was saying how I think word choice is incredibly important in everything. Not just, like, like from writing your mother a Happy Mother's Day card to, like some sort of an official speech about something word choice is incredibly right. important and their their argument was no it isn't um words should should have everything based on feeling and not word and they were like well what if you can't find the words for how you feel and i said that's where art comes in comes into play right mm. but now at this stage of an apocalypse where there's like 11 people that exist and nine of them are trying to kill you if not more um like what are you gonna do like none of this shit matters like this shit isn't real so like i hmm. almost in a weird way i see charlton heston's character robert neville as the bad guy because he's trying to hold on to the past yeah like humanity keep something alive that's basically dead and we're just we're just animals. Like at the at our core, we're just mm-hmm. primates or Neanderthals or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Yeah. And we're inherently violent creatures. And only through civilization have we kind of learned to not be scum. Mm-hmm. But in the entire history of the world, if you blinked your eye, if you watched, like, you you've heard the old analogy. If you watched a movie of the world. And you blinked at the end real quick, you'd miss humanity completely. Yeah. So, like, we're not far from what we originally were when we get reverted back to primates. And we get reverted back to a primal state of humanity. So, mm. he's almost saying, like, this is... N- he He's keeping evolution from... He's keeping... Like, he's killing progress. Like, he's... Not evolving. at least from the perspective of the family. From from I'm saying from a greater look at things. Like yeah. if you looked at everything and you if you if there was a hundred people in a room and you were told this is a new species of human and you were told oh eighty seven of them have black hair and the rest of them have red hair you'd be like well that's some sort of mutation that's not saying it's wrong but that's wrong you know what I mean like hmm. why is this the way this is when it's not one like of these this? things is not like the other exactly kind of like yeah. like it's and it's a hundred people 86 87 88 of them all have features that are the same the family they're pale they have they have uh red eyes they have albinism they've developed albinism and they have to wear sunglasses inside and these cloaks um but i think that's a really interesting conflict of the old and the new Mm. and almost as if and then the new isn't even new it's old it's just like yeah it's like coke classic like you know what Mm. i mean like it's the same shit but different like yeah, it's it's not like it's not like they're so inherently better as like as a species. Like whatever their like forced evolutionary state is, it's not like they can lift a car over their heads or yeah. like have have like a supercomputer brain. They're not that much better. If anything, they're weaker. Yeah, because they can't be out in the sun. Yeah, but um, you 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 to get back on the track of not just I- ideals. You, you watch Neville go through this, and Neville's also, I don't know if I've said this already, but Neville's also, Robert Neville's is, is the same character from I Am Legend with Will Smith. Um, mm-hmm. You watch him kind of go through this whole thing of him trying to, to keep up his sanity by doing things, and like, I love the scene when he goes shopping. Like, he goes he goes running in the morning, and then he's like, ah, I should go get another sweatsuit. So he's like, in a store, and like, he's talking to the mannequins, and he's like, this isn't my color, eh, and like, drops it, and like, walks <laughs> over, and he's like, Maybe last season. Like, I just love these. And he just throws the clothes. Like, he doesn't put it back on the rack. He's like, fuck it. And drops yeah. it. Like, um, and then and then he winds up seeing somebody who's like, 
it's a, a real woman person. who's like a mannequin and he instantly is like what the fuck and, runs and i love her. that scene where really? she's like posing like a mannequin just yeah. trying not to be spotted well he goes after her and he loses her and he makes a remark after after he he chases her and she gets away and he's like this is how it starts this is how dying starts mm-hmm. i can't chase anymore i'm an i'm getting older and i don't remember how old he was at this point but he was he I, can't be more than 50 if that i mean it came yeah. out in 77 he's born in what year did i say what year did i say he was born in 23 he came out in 77 uh 30 40 50 60 70 he's in his 50s yeah um yeah so so he he, and then he winds up going back to his house doing his regular everyday activities and the family eventually captures him and when they capture him they put him to a trial they put him in a courtroom and they're maybe not a courtroom but they put him in a room and they kind of serve it like a court kangaroo court (laughs) yeah and uh they they say to him like you are expired your way of living is no longer the way we live. And they kind mm-hmm. of explain to him and he's like, you're wrong. And they take him to, uh, I, I don't know what stadium it is. I want to say it's probably the chargers because it's yeah, the Rams probably. or some shit, but they take him there in the middle of the night and they're going to burn him. They're going to put him on a cross and burn him. Like he's a witch. Burn him at the stake. And then, um, so they wind up taking, they wind up taking, um, they wind up taking Charlton Heston to this, to this, football stadium they want to burn him on the cross and eventually all they're the lights... going to literally burn him at the stake yeah they they turn on all of these these lights inside and it turns out that it's um the it's the woman that he saw in the clothing store it's a woman named lisa a black woman named lisa and she's there with a with her friend dutch and she's like i couldn't believe that it was another person alive and fuck it hold on so, Lisa's there, Dutch is there, they take him away from Matthias, and Matthias, sorry, I forgot to mention, is the leader of the family, mm-hmm. and they, and, and Dutch takes, takes Charlton Heston back to, like, his camp, and there's a bunch of people there, and Lisa's like, hey, uh, my brother Richie is dying, he's succumbing to the plague, and mm-hmm. we need to fucking fix him, and he's like, ah, I have the cure, ah. I'm a and plague then, doctor. Hey. <laughs> um, shout out Bentley. And then, yeah. um, and then they wind up getting to they. He winds up sort of synthesizing the cure, and I don't want to give away too much without giving away. Mm-hmm. I want to give away, but I don't want to give away everything. But it kind of leads back to, like. They go back to Charlton Heston's apartment. He synthesizes the cure. The family tries attacking again. They have a fucking catapult. They do have a catapult. They have a flaming catapult. Um, I love a good flaming catapult. Yeah, it's a fucking, it's a real two and a half out of three mil catapult. Um, uh, it's more like a two. If it were a trebuchet, really? I'd say easily two and a half. I mean, my man, how do you think they made it? Honestly, fair. They didn't have a lot of materials. I'll give you a two and a half out of three milks. Um, so, like, they go back, and this movie does an egregious fucking thing, uh, in my in my opinion. I hate in an apocalypse movie where it's sex because woman. Yeah, right. And I've said this before, and and it's something that I really liked about I Am Legend, and I actually had this conversation recently when I watched 28 Days Later, is I hate in a movie where it's just, hey, I'm what could be the last male, and you're what could be the last female, so it means I have to have sex with you. Why? Great, yeah. Like, why? Like... Like, they're, they're too... Like, I get it, and I understand, like, in Walking Dead, when Laurie and Shane were getting it on, like, I get it. You haven't, yeah. seen, you haven't seen a man in a long time, and this is a physical representation of your, of your husband who could be dead because he was in the hospital, and he was your, your husband's partner, and there's maybe some weird, macho, fucking yeah. testosterone shit going on. Totally get it. Imply it, then. Don't flat out show it. Like, don't... Like... There's a part where they, like, start making out, and he's like, I don't even remember how this works. 
like all right i get it you gotta fucking like i it's it bothers me it bothers me so much because like it takes away i think it, it i think it almost like takes away how badass of a character the female like it takes away how badass lisa could be because lisa is so cool she saves him from like like 30 dudes in mm-hmm. uh in a fucking football stadium and takes him to safety and then instantly they get back to his apartment and she becomes the fu- she becomes like submissive towards she him. becomes she becomes his pet w- women yeah you know what i mean like she it, there's, yeah. there's nothing there about her that's that's unique anymore she is just she is just there as an emotional barrier if something ever happens to her to get you more invested in the cam- in into the character yeah she's not there for anything else that's probably more of a product of its time I feel like no, if this that movie shit were... still fucking happens in movies. Hmm? It shit still fucking happens in movies. It's the number one trope. It's of, the biggest cliche trope ever. Of fucking here's a guy, here's a girl. We don't get along, but by the end of the movie, somebody's gonna have their meat in somebody else, and then we're gonna hold it against the bad guy's gonna hold it against the good guy for the rest of the movie. This summer, Rob Schneider, like get the fuck out of here. Yeah, like yeah. it's like. Uh, and yeah, I'm a little more lenient with it because it's of its time, but like, I bet if you went and watched, like, go watch the fucking Meg. You ever see the Meg? I have not. It's, uh, neither have I. It's a Megalodon movie, like a Megalodon shark movie that was made in America. They made another one of those? They they make them constantly. Um, but, like, Jaws fucking took off, and then everybody's like, let's make shark movies. Yeah. Um, but it's a movie that was, like, made in America for the Chinese audience. Hmm. Because it has, like, a huge Chinese star as, like, the co-star in it. And it takes oh, place, like, cool. off the... Of, well, kind of. It takes place off the coast of China. And, like, it's a movie that they knew, like, 110% was going to fail in America. But they made it because now China's opening up its film laws and shit. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, in my opinion, like a predatory movie. Because it's like, oh, hey, let's just take advantage of a culture and their people that are yeah, already... Yeah, like a new market, yeah. It's fucking what Blizzard's doing. <laughs> so, um... Yeah. Haha. <laughs> yeah, uh like go watch that shit. I bet there's a scene in there where like the main character's like, My god, look at this woman. We shouldn't be together, but now we are. Uh. And then it's fucking the shark's like got a gun to the woman and the guy's like, No, like you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, I, I just I just The Shark a has fucking, a gun. I just wrote a summer blockbuster. Shark shark gun, gun shark. <laughs> I, I do like gun shark. Gun shark. Have gun, gun shark have shark. All business. Like but eventually they wind up becoming a couple i guess uh they save richie and then it gets to the point where (laughs) lisa is trying to regain that sense of normalcy so she's like hey charlton heston i'm going into the i'm going into the uh the what do you call it into the stores you mind if i borrow your credit cards he's like and then she like leaves but like Mm -hmm. they wind up going to his old lab and they get these blood samples and shit and they go and they try to fucking fix everybody and they they wind up making great progress and richie's like you're no better than them charlton heston i was just sick a minute ago but you're no better than them and he's like he's like if i knew where they all were i'd mow them all down I feel like when I do that voice, I sound a little bit like um, Reagan. Um, you do. You do. <laughs> um, and then he's like, they're in the courthouse. You f-. Richie's like, they're in the courthouse, you fuck. And he's like, oh. And then he like doesn't go to kill them, and he's like, I knew yeah. it. So then Richie like goes to tell them, he's like, hey, I have the cure. And M- Matthias is like, stop it. You're dead now. And they wind up killing him because he had the cure. Yeah. And charlton heston's like i have to go save the boy ah so he runs to go get him and he like drives a car and he, there's a there's an awesome crash that it's Yo, like yeah, it's, the such crash a scene 70s, is cool. it's such a 70s movie thing like, yeah like it's just like hey we got an extra like 30 grand in the budget i don't know why i'm checking my watch uh but you wanna <laughs> you wanna just throw a car into a building absolutely yeah. and they fucking they do it and like lisa turns and then matthias uh Matthias gets into Charlton Heston's apartment. He tries to run back, and Lisa like let them in because now she's turned. And he's like, "Hey, you see all this shit around you that like you love, and it's the, the reminder old world of the will old be world. destroyed. Yeah, we're gonna destroy all of it. So they like beat the shit out of all of his shit. Caesar goes down. Um, yeah, fucking Caesar, man, they stabbed that brute. guy. <laughs> yeah, he's gone. <laughs> uh, and then they and they burn all the shit. art. They burn all the art, and then he like gets out. 
and he runs across like the street and there's this fountain there and Lisa's there and he's like trying to grab Lisa and he's like, hey, woman, I love you. And she's like, and then Matthias is like, hey there, stop it. And uh, come to me, I am Matthias. And he like, she like looks over and he's like, oh, I'll, I'll, yeah, you're right. And then Matthias like just throws a spear, Charlton Heston, and he dies and he falls into the lake and it looks like Christ. And he's got like he, this yeah. vile. He's got like Han, Han. He's got like this fucking Pepsi bottle of blood. Like, yeah, he's just carrying around this Pepsi bottle, and it's like and the it cure. has like the cure. Yeah, but and it's then like he a falls fucking... into the friend's fountain. Yes, ah, you beat me to it. <laughs> the fountain that he fucking falls into is the fucking fountain that they filmed Friends with. I like, cannot believe when you first told me that. I could not believe it. I had to go rewatch the scene. Yeah, and I mean, I like the movie a lot. I'm kind of giving like a rough overview because I don't want to ruin everything, but I want to tell yeah, you. It's definitely worth a watch, and it's a classic in terms of post-apocalypse and like in it's cinema. Just yeah, it's, it's done a lot for the apocalypse genre, and I think it was a really good. It's just it was a good movie, and it's it was something that hadn't been done at its time. Yeah, I just I have I have a a couple of um what's it called I have a couple of uh help me out here Declan, uh some fun facts fun facts. Uh, Sorry, I was taking a company, sip of water. Oh, you're good. The production company wanted a, loca- wanted a location that looked like an abandoned metropolitan area, but it was too costly to build. The producer drove through Los Angeles, downtown Los Angeles, one weekend and discovered there was no shoppers, so majority of the film's exterior shots were shot there on the weekend. Rosalind Cash, who plays Lisa, was uneasy before her love scene with Charlton Heston, saying, It feels strange to screw Moses. Now, <laughs> the first time we recorded this, I didn't understand what that meant. Because I thought it meant that he was Moses in the sense that he was saving the people. Like, he was leading them out of Egypt. You know what I mean? Yeah. But when quite literally, he, he quite played literally Moses. Played Moses. Like, I didn't think of that. <laughs> um, the facade or set used for Neville's fortress or home still stands relatively unchanged on the Warner Brothers Ranch parking lot and boulevard, which is formerly Columbia Boulevard in Burbank. Uh, it could be easily seen using Google Maps 3D. The facade faces east to southeast. Early hmm. in the film, Neville sees a calendar. I already read that one. Charlton Heston had approached Orson Welles originally to direct the film. That would have been fucking... Imagine, like... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the film takes place in August of 77. In David Shipman's Great Movie Stars... Okay, it's a book. In David Shipman's great movie stars, The International Years, he states that Charlton Heston's salary was $300,000. Um, but I believe we did the math on that, and it's it's like, I want to say like $2.7 Yeah, that sounds about right. It was um, around $2.7 Look that up quick from 70, yeah. 71. Uh, so there's a little bit of bias in this, but this is this is kind of the thing I was talking about where it's based on a movie, based on a book. Uh, the film is the second of four films based on the 1954 novel I Am Legend by author, actor, and screenwriter Richard Matheson. The How first, much money did he make? Uh, 300000 And you said 30... No. Um, 300000 1971. 71. Submit. What would cost... 300000 in 1971 would cost... Um, hold on. They don't put any commas in here. $1.8 Oh, wow. I was off by about 900000 Yeah. But still. Um, so, I'm going to start over real quick. This film is the second of four films based on the 1954 novel I Am Legend by author, actor, and screenwriter Richard Matheson. The first film was arguably the best adaptation of the book thus far despite a few flaws, was The Last Man on Earth from 1964, starring Vincent Price. And the third film was I Am Omega. I'm sorry, this was the second movie, I Am Omega, in 2007, which was a mockbuster of the adaptation from 2007 called I Am Legend, starring Will Smith. And Night of the Living Dead from 1968 was also heavily inspired by the book. Interestingly, some wow. of the scenes of Neville shopping with Lisa um, around the abandoned L.A. are are reminiscent of Dawn of the Dead, the, the film sequel Dawn of the Dead of 1978 hmm. from Living Dead. Um, so there's a lot of tie-ins here. There's fucking layers on layers on layers on layers, yes. What is that, a Photoshop file? <laughs> the, the television newscaster reporting at the beginning of the film uh, later 
it is shown to be Matthias before he started the family. Uh, the film was the film was filmed in October and November of 1970. According to Charlton Heston's diary entries uh, for the making of the film, he wrote how he was beginning to tire of being the action hero uh, at this point in his career. And the fountain is. I'm too busy being cool, guys. Just so you know. <laughs> I think it'd be like it just wants to be sad in a movie for once. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to just be like killed and be the Christ with a bottle of Coke and blood. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. That's that's the movie. It's a fucking piece of classic cinema. Um, yeah, definitely a classic. You still? I'm still recording. We finally I'm got this one recording. finished. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, I, I'm trying to think if there's anything. Oh, there's a really offhanded racist comment in this movie. Oh yeah, it was really <laughs> weird. Um, there's a part where Lisa's talking to to Charlton Heston, and she's like, "Wow, I never thought I'd ever see a fit." Or she's like, "I don't think I'll ever see." Uh, fresh trees or fresh fruit or or a, a stream filled with fish and he looks over and he goes where did you ever see a stream of fish in Harlem yeah right it was like, like dude, you really just weird with her. give her a fucking minute like god damn yeah. dude like I get it's the 70s but fucking you don't have to hit her like <laughs> wasn't this movie one of the first depictions of an interracial couple in I believe cinema? you are correct um, I know the first interracial kiss is Shatner, and that's on T. Well, on TV is Shatner. Mm-hmm. Um, I I wouldn't be surprised if you're right. I have. It was um, definitely. It definitely was trailblazing, though. Okay. Like whether it was the first or not, it it was significant for the time. I just have a couple like notes here that I want to go over real quick. Yeah, sure. Um, it's based on the on the book I Am Legend, but that's more about vampires. Uh, there's a piece on the I have the Blu-ray and there's a piece on there about uh, from the director and a documentary thing that's really really beautifully done and it's Charlton Heston interviewing a doctor or Dr. Uh, Ashley Montague who's a doctor of anthropology and hmm. he kind of has this this whole conversation with him about how the apocalypse would take an effect on, on the psyche and kind of what you would have to do and how you'd have to feel and how you'd have to overcome all of it. That's really, really interesting. That's really cool. I didn't get the Blu-ray. I saw the, the streaming version on Amazon. Yeah. Um, the theatrical trailer is fucking awesome. And it's just such, it's such a different era of cinema that I really, really like. Um, mm-hmm. Most of my favorite movies are from like the 60s and the 70s. Um, I just I like film grain a lot too, uh, mm-hmm. but it's just a different era of acting. It's a different way movies were made. Um, it's kind of like gold. I don't want to say golden age Hollywood because, I mean, we're definitely in the tinfoil age because everything's either a sequel, a remake, or a superhero movie. There's no yeah. fucking original ideas. Um, my favorite movie of 2019 was Joker, by the way. So I mean, they can do it right. It's just, yeah. Just that um, things are kind of hit or miss. So. Yeah, there's no original ideas. The only original idea we had this year that I saw in a theater, in a widespread release theater, was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And that's a movie about talking for three hours. Yeah. So, um, but, I mean, I liked it, but whatever. Um, I'm over it. Fuck it. Um, <laughs> what would you rate this movie? Um, I would rate this movie... Uh, 2.1 out of 3 milks. Okay. Um, I'm going to give it 7.9 eh, out of 10. Okay. Okay, yeah. We're around the same grading scale then. Yeah, you're a little higher. You're a little higher, yeah. You're probably like, yeah. Mine, no, mine's a little, a little lower. Yeah, that's yeah, what I meant. I'm sorry. a little higher. Because I'm thinking fucking 60, 66%. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I'd like it a lot. It's, it's, it's kind of where we all started from in the terms of the apocalypse. Uh, like I said, there's another movie that, that kind of delves into it. And I'm sure there's other movies about being the last man. Like the tagline of the movie is, uh, and I'm going to box this and I know I have it in my notes, but I'm not sure where, uh, the last man on earth isn't or pray for the last man on earth because he isn't Hmm. or something like that. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's my favorite type of idea to explore and that's everyone being dead so um do you have any final thoughts anything you want to say um anyone who's a fan of post-apocalypse is going to find some joy out of this movie so i recommend that you guys go check it out either like buy it rent it i think it was like 
four bucks to rent on Amazon. That's a lot. It's definitely. Yeah, I mean, it's if, not you bad. Went to, if you went to a blockbuster, it'd be the same. Yeah, it, it wasn't bad. Um, I I recommend it. I think it's a good good flick. I like it too. All right. Yeah. I think that's everything we have for this week. Sorry, it might be a little. What's our time? Our time is 52. All right. It's about the same. So <laughs> with editing, it's going to be like 50. All right, everybody. Uh, take care. Uh, when, what day is this coming out? This day is coming out. Um... Oh, Declan, this is this is our episode right before Christmas. Oh, yeah. Hey, Merry Christmas, if that's a thing you do. Yeah, have, have a happy holiday season, my folks. Yeah, and then we'll have one more episode right before New Year's. Wow. Wow. The last episode yeah. of fucking 2019 is going to be episode 77. Wow. Fucking bananas. Right. <laughs> See you later. Bye. See you later. Bye. Thank you so much, guys, for listening to our show today. This was our 75th plus one episode. Just thanks for supporting us. Um, this was an Atomic Movie Hour, so it was a little bit more laid back. But you'll, you can catch us next week to get back onto our regularly scheduled programming. Now... If you want to follow us on social media, you can find all those links in the description below. And um, I'll probably drop a link to where to check out the movie um, on Amazon or other uh, streaming and purchasing platforms. Um, We have a merch store. uh, That is our Redbubble. If you want to check out that stuff, you can get it at the link below. And I would be remiss to forget our beautiful, beautiful patrons. We have the Friendly Companion Cube. We also have Noah, we have Mason, Gage, and Jordan with a Y. So thank you guys for supporting the show. Remember, Atomic Radio Hour will never be a paid thing. It's always going to be available to you, but if you drop us a couple coins, it can always be better and better, and we really, really appreciate it. Um, If you watched on YouTube, thank you. Um, Remember to leave a rating, a comment. We read all the comments. And uh, remember to share with your friends. Vince already left, but I am going to... uh, I'm just going to give you a little wave. See you later. Atomic Radio Hour.